The skies are dark gray. A man cloaked in black faces three spilled cups and mourns the loss. Blood puddles have formed around the spilled cups. What the man does not see are the two remaining filled cups behind him. In the distance is a river, and over the river, a stone arch bridge that leads home. I'm not doing anything today. I don't care what you say. I'm not going out, I'm staying home. I don't really want to act afraid, not about you or about anything. I can't pretend this is all a dream. It used to be so natural to talk about forever, but used to be's don't count anymore. They just lay there on the floor till we sweep them away. And baby, I remember all the things you taught me. I learned how to laugh and I learned how to cry. Well, I learned how to love, even learned how to lie. And you don't bring me flowers even anymore. Even on our fourth anniversary show, Will Morgan, which is the proper gift, by the way. Hello and good evening. It's Sunday night. I'm Douglas Bowles, and this is 42 Minutes, a production of SyncBook Radio and distributed by thesyncbook.com. Today is the 18th day of October 2015, and this is our 201st broadcast. But not only that, it was on this day in 2011 that Will and I began this crazy endeavor. And you can find all of those shows at 42minutes.com, which includes 200 regular episodes, 30-plus bonus shows, and some 30 free green room presentations. And if you're interested in getting in touch, send us a message to mail at 42minutes.com. You can also follow our tweets at Sync42 and at Syncbook. Tonight, on this very special occasion, we will explore loss, mourning, and regrets. But I regret nothing! And actually, with the help of tonight's guest, perhaps we'll draw key 17 and find the light at the end of the tunnel. Good evening, Doug here, and after a short lapse, we are spending 42 minutes with tarot master Benabel Wen. She is the author of the impressive, holistic tarot and integrative approach to using tarot for personal growth, published earlier this year by North Atlantic Books. We first met her last spring on episode number 183, wherein we talked about Dawn Draper's cards, but tonight, on our anniversary, she's going to read us. Good evening, Benabel. How have you been? Good evening, Doug. I've been very well. Thank you for having me back on the show. You bet. So I latched onto a card, as you can tell, and I'll explain why, but which card is that for our listeners? The Five of Cups. The Five of Cups. There's this band out of San Diego, I think, and uh, their name is Waves with two Vs, and for some reason, their, their album, it might be called five or v but they're using the image of the five of cups for their the image on their album oh interesting and ever since i saw it it just has kind of been haunting me because it seems so like so uh dense to put a tarot card for your album cover it's a very haunting card to begin with i think anyone who's been through grief trauma or depression really connect to that card Right, but so what, so, um, I mean, we have, there's three spilled cups, and the guy is kind of hunched over them. What, what else, what other stuff is in there that you can tell our listeners? Well, to me, this cup represents having just gone through a severe loss, so that's what you're focused on. But what you don't realize are the two cups behind you, or that is still within you that you haven't really manifested yet in a way that is going to be productive and so it just shows that whatever you lose there still is something there resided within you so some say that the um you know the cups represent the the blood and body of christ and so they so some readers will interpret that into their reading especially if they come from a more judeo abrahamic faith so but we don't really have to think of it in that sense it really is about um just pining for a sense of home Okay, so one the other the other thing that I think the band played with though is this idea that the cups also are like a literal intoxication, and so there's I think they're using that imagery in that way too. But so I, what I want to know about though is this tower in the background. Is that the same tower that'll show up in the six of cups? The tower in the five cups that shows up in, huh? Have you ever thought about that? 
I wonder, though, because, you know, it's interesting. It could be because the silhouette is very similar. But then when you look at it superficially, in the Five of Cups, it is very um, stoic and almost frightening looking. But then you have it in the Six of Cups, it, it looks like home, right? It's very village-ish looking. Yeah. But you're right. It does. Well, because um, now, now, now I'm turning through my book to find it. And the Six of Cups is kind of pointed more, right? Don't, do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Like there's more of a um, a roof to it, whereas in the Five of Cups, it's just a flat top. It, it looks a lot more stony. There's that sense of, uh, you know, a lack of verdant environment, whereas in the Six of Cups, it's a lot more green. Yeah. Now, this tower doesn't seem like it's tall enough to be the tower either. Right. I, I don't think so. I think it represents the the concept of home, you know, but it's home where you still feel a detachment to that idea. That's why it is so stony and gray looking to me, at least, you know, there's a hundred million different ways to interpret each card. Okay. Now, one of the other things that I keyed into with this card is this river in the background. Mm -hmm. There is, there is a lot of rivers in these cards. Uh huh. Um, so how I interpret this, and this is definitely straying from tradition, okay? But okay. I come from um, an East Asian background, so I'm very much informed by, for example, the I Ching. And in the I Ching, many of the verses, you're talking about crossing the Great Stream. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Some of the verses say, oh, don't cross the Great Stream. It's not auspicious to cross at this time. Others say it's time to cross the Great Stream. Things like that, right? And um, it's a metaphor for um, ventures in your life, taking risks and um, being bold and finding your life path and, and facing and confronting those challenges. So I, I take that concept and, and transport it into tarot when I read it. So whenever I see the stream, I think of that concept from the I Ching crossing the great stream and so when you see that river it represents the daunting challenges in front of you and whether or not you do want to plow forward and try to you know ford the stream or stay where you are mm. okay so the the ace of cups of course is you know potentially the holy grail or something but it does seem like from it is potentially the source of this river yeah, and then you have the leaves from the Tree of Life falling down, fluttering down, and I can't, I don't remember which um, verse it is from the Bible, but they talk about how the tree of uh, the leaves from the Tree of Life will heal the world. So you have that concept of healing in the Ace of Cups. Mm. But then also, I mean, since today's the 18th, there's mm. the Moon card too, which uh, presents the two, there are two towers in that instance, right? Mm -hmm. So you have the the dog and the wolf howling and the stream that runs, but this right. archway is quite different than those two towers. So I don't know that we would read those as the same river or not, but maybe we would. It depends on the reading then. So if you're going to have a spread that has multiple recurrences of the river, they would definitely be connected as I would read it. Um, in terms of studying it, of course they're connected. It's, I guess, the concept of synchronicity, you know, where the river here and the river there is going to have resonance. Okay, so, but what was interesting to me from a synchronicity kind of point of view was when we met you for episode 183, we were looking at Don Draper's cards, and the heart of his matter was this reverse sun card. Mm -hmm. which also kind of had loss at its, I think you described it in, in, in those, in similar terms as the Five of Cups a little bit. Ah, yeah. I think with um, the sun reversed, how I like to read it is that um, there, there's a, you've lost something, but you're looking for it. So you're finding something. So there's an active, there's an act behind it as well. Does that make sense? Whereas with the Five of Cups, the act with the loss is mourning. So in the sun, it's loss plus finding. In the five of cups, it would be loss plus mourning. Interesting. At right. least that's how I read it. So. Right. And then at the same time, we were also talking about, um, uh, you mentioned, well, it was, in the, it was deeper in the reading, but the idea of shadow and confronting shadow. And then we were thinking about the, the devil card. Mm, the proverbial shadow card. Yes. What right. About it? Well, but so it's just so interesting because I was I was explaining to you that I was thinking in terms of, you know, the year having a quality 
and that 2015 was the shadow card and so now we're at the point where we can look ahead to the tower card 2016 and so what can we look forward to <laughs> well um next year i think besides the uh major political changes that we have ahead of us in 2016 i do see that it's going to be a time of uh of, of, of what was built up before come crashing down either literally or figuratively and having to rebuild in a sense. And so there's going to be rebuilding and reconstruction on all of our parts. Okay. So is it, it will there be hope, do you think, or is the tower card pretty, pretty bleak? I don't think it's bleak. The idea from, when I see the tower card, I think of in a way, the Tower of Babel, where I may have spent a lot of my labor building something, but I've built something incorrectly. It's not really a good representation of my glory. It's not a good representation of my life's work. So I've built something in the wrong direction, and now I'm just going through the trouble of deconstructing it, you know, demolishing it, dismantling what I've built. But now I have a, you know, a carte blanche to start over and do it right this time. But this time I start building with lessons learned. How can that be a bad thing? Of course, that's hopeful. Okay, right. And the, but then, was there? I think part of our conversation last time was part of this Eastern fatalism, where you know that that's part of the cycle that you build the thing and it gets destroyed, and you build the thing and it gets destroyed. I definitely see that as a complicated mix between fate and free will. It is free will in the moment, but in the greater scheme of things. There is a sense of cycle to it, and so that might be construed as fate, where we are just as humans sort of in the cycle of building something naively without knowledge, having to learn knowledge the difficult way, then dismantling and rebuilding. You know, that's just part of human life. Yeah. Okay. Well, part of tonight's fun was that we were, we were going to make you work a little bit. I'd love to. I'd love to read tarot. That's what I've been doing um, for the past few years before the book was published. It was all about writing the book and doing the research for it. And this past year, I've been doing lots and lots of readings. It's been so much fun. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. So let's say you were going to read me and Will or me or the show. How would you How would you begin that process? Let's read for, well, last time we talked about how you and Will share the same signifier card or significator. Significator is the traditional um, term used in the 19th century. It's continued now. Eden Gray popularized it. I use signifier, but either or, you know, it's exchangeable. It basically is the card that represents the querent, the seeker, the person who the reading is for. And this card represents your persona, your ego. It is you. And it's anchoring your personal energy from the collective into the cards. And the 78 cards represent the compendium that at this point represents your life from your perspective. That's why we use the anchor, so that we're looking at the compendium, the collective unconscious from your perspective, right? So I'm going to choose the King of Wands because it represents both of your sun signs. And since both of you put in um, your work into the uh, 42 minutes podcast into this project Syncbook press i think it's also a good signifier card for Syncbook press do you think that would work i think yes um i want to pull that out though just for fun because i want to look at this guy so i'm using i'm not using the rider weight smith okay uh, but it's very similar it's based on the rws system so it's going to be very similar mine I'll, I'll try to describe it um while i while i do the reading for you but it's going to look very similar to the rws what is it called i'm using the golden universal by los scarabeo okay uh i'm not having any luck yeah. <laughs> Whenever you're looking for the card, it's it never shows up. It's I don't know what what it is about that. But it's it's it the the king of wands to me is the king of kings because fire is the first element that creates the other elements. And I'll describe that a little bit further once I get into my personal reading process. But, you know, he really represents somebody who spearheads, who's a leader, who um, is the, the light that, light, you know, that illuminates the path for others. So I think that's really a great signifier card for Syncbook Press. Okay, and then one of our, our sister program always record, David Plate always mentions that the King of Wands is also the Lizard King. 
Oh, because of the well, I read it as the salamander, right? Right. Are salamanders. I actually don't know biologically. Are they are they lizards? I, <laughs> I, I think. Don't. I mean, it's definitely a stretch. But then there's this playfulness with uh, like Jim Morrison. I think maybe Jim Morrison even made he popularized that. Uh, for me, when I see the salamander in the King of Wands, especially in a reading when it draws me in as one symbol. It, I, I think of that as psychic ability. I see it as clairvoyance. The salamander to me represents understanding the, um, having the key to the mysteries of life, so to speak. Okay, wonderful. All right, whenever you're ready. I'm ready. All right, I'm going to start by shuffling the cards. And so I'll try to narrate. Usually people are here seeing this. I do it through, through Skype video or they're in person. So this is actually a first for me. I've never done this over a podcast. <laughs> So, all right, I will. And the process is described in Holistic Tarot, so. Yes. Okay. So I've shuffled the deck. I feel pretty confident with this, and your signifier was in there. The first thing that I do is, I, and I only use my left hand to cut, is I'm going to cut the deck into four piles. And the four piles, cutting right to left, represent IHVH, and that's the tetragrammaton that spells out the name of Yahweh, the um, Old Testament God. Okay, so IHVH also represents fire, water, air, and earth. And so now I have four, car four piles of cards before me that I just cut with my left hand. The fire pile is going to represent the physical realm. And that's going to be, for example, work, career, the body. And then when we have the water realm, where that's about emotion. So that's going to be talking about the emotional plane for uh, you three. I say three because I'm also talking about Syncbook Press. And then air is about relationship to society. You know, the airplane is about the collective. It's about the group think. It's also about the legacy you plan on leaving behind. Finally, we have earth. And the earth, pile rep the earth plane represents the material plane. That's going to be the body again. But this one is going to be more about our resources, how we use our body, uh, finances, assets, wealth, things like that. Okay? Okay. So the first thing I do is I start with the fire pile. And I just go through it to find your signifier card, the King of Wands. And you can talk if we, you know. <laughs> you are not in the fire pile, so I'm going to continue. And then also, I this is part, this is straying a little bit from traditional methods of this um, this operation. But I like to read the topmost card as well. So I just noticed that the top card, uh, the topmost uh, card on the fire pile, is the Nine of Pentacles in reverse. And it's actually Venus and Virgo. I, I feel like very recently I was looking at the charts, um, the astrological charts, and I, th I, think Ven I, I think Venus is in Virgo right now. I'm not sure. We'll look into that. But Virgo is definitely relevant because there was a lot of, there's a stellium in Virgo right now. So, and I'm just rambling while I look for your signature. Sure. Okay. I'm now in the water pile. And again, I'm still looking for the king of wands. So it's not the emotional plane. And now on top of the water pile, oh, and there was the nine of pentacles reversed. And then now oh, in reversed, the, yeah. reversed, my, my apologies. And then now in the water pile, we have, it's very good, we have the six of wands upright. The victory card. Oh. Holy crap. We have the five of cups in reverse as the topmost card in the air pile. So the air pile represents uh, the intellectual plane. It's also, again, I was talking about the, coll the, co the uh, collective and the collective unconscious. But here it's the five of cups in reverse that I've pulled. Oh, wow. That is kind of weird. <laughs> what did you say the, the, uh, the emotional card, the top one was the six of wands? Um, the six of wands. Yeah. And so the signifier card is not in the air pile, but I was going through it. It's very interesting because right after the five of cups in reverse was the four of swords. And that sort of is very similar to the five of cups, meaning where it's about respite. It's about, um, having gone to war and coming back. Now I'm talking about the four of swords and just finding rest and respite after having battled. Uh -huh. Um, we were talking earlier about the sun card and the sun card is in here. We have the queen of wands in here. And the Ace of Cups is in here, and the Tower is in here. Wow. And the, and the Death card is in here. And the only reason I mention that is because I really wish I have done video. This is really, really kind of insane. <laughs> the Death card has also got the river in it, though, too. Yeah, and all of these cards, well, the Tower card and the Ace of Cups are upright, but the Death card is also in reverse. I'll keep everything intact. If you have any questions, we'll jump back and forth between the piles. But I just thought it was really interesting that basically all the cards we just talked about 
is in this pile, the air pile. And if you have specific questions, we jump into those, you know, as we get along. And now I'm looking into the, oh, go ahead. The air pile, so the air um, resonate, or what does it connect to? What plane of, is that the it's, intellect? The intellectual plane, the mental plane, the way I read it, it's going to be about um, how you connect to the world around you, how you connect to society. It's how you connect to the collective. And it's about communications. That's the reason I read the air that way. It's kind of, I can't remember which houses in astrology, if you're familiar with astrology, but it's kind of house 11 kind of stuff. Okay. So now I'm in the final pile. Presumably, the King of Wands is in here. This is the body pile. This is the material plane. Uh, of course. And this is about finances, but it's also about resources and making the most of the resources. When I think of this, in a way, I think of the Magician card, how um, he has the four elements before him, and he uses the four elements of Earth, of, of the world around him, to create something greater than the sum of the parts. You know, so yeah. That's what I think of. Now, let's see if you're in here. Oh, here you are. So you are in here. You, The king of wands is in the, um, the final pile, the earth pile. So like I said, it does, to me, bring up the concept of the magician card, where you're using those resources around you to create something greater so that you can go ahead and achieve with whatever you have. Okay? Right. And so, for, for some reason, the magician seems, you know, in terms of, I made that same connection with the wands and the magician. <laughs> yeah. And what's in, well, the, the magician card itself from the major arcana, um, traditionally, especially those who follow the attributions of Golden Dawn, <clears throat> are, is going to um, correspond with air. But uh, that's from the Mercury, um, the Mercury correspondence. Sure. But I actually use Earth for multiple reasons. I see Hermes as um, part of that. Also, the way I read the concept of the Magician card and the way you see the imagery where he's using what's around him to create. Um, for me, that's just very Earth. And so that's why I use the Earth uh, attribution. Okay. And then just for the sake of fun, what was the top card in the, in the body pile? The Nine of Wands in reverse. Okay. That's Moon and Sagittarius for the um, astrological correspondence. And the Moon and Sagittarius is very, I see it as very ambitious, um, very visionary. Sagittarius for me is just a very visionary sign. It's about really reaching for the stars, um, reaching for high, the highest aspiration that you have, not believing there are any limitations. And the Moon, of course, is the subconscious. So, And then you have the wands being also resonant with the suit that the signifier is from, the king of wands. Okay. Oh, and then it's interesting that that one is also reversed, and so is the the nine of pentacles. The nine of pentacles is in reverse, and then we have the six of wands that was in the um, the water pile. Then we have the five of cups in reverse, that's Mars and Scorpio, and that's in reverse in the air pile. Now, at the top um, of, the, of the earth pile, we have the nine of wands in reverse. So we have two wands. We have one. So basically, it's right now fire dominant. There's a lot of fire energy here. Okay. And then we also noted that the air pile was kind of loaded. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely loaded. I thought that was very interesting, given what we were just talking about. So because we talked about the Five of Cups, I wonder if that's why it came up at the top. There is still an anchored energy in there. Even though it's not your personal energy, you do draw on something that's in the air, and we've been talking about it. So that's exactly. Why. And yeah. I'm wondering if it isn't in the air in general. Five of Cups, probably. I mean, I think a lot of people I've been talking to have, have been feeling very Five of Cups lately. So that is interesting that you bring that up. Okay. So then what's next? So usually what I do is I read the topmost card for the four piles, and then I'll go into the pile that the signifier was in, and we'll go in depth in that pile a little bit further. But first, in terms of what's going on uh, in, the, in the physical plane, the nine of well, the nine of pentacles itself. I, I I really connect with the body because you already have the pentacles, you know. And so this is somebody who, for me, I read this as someone who seems like they have it all, but then there's a real emptiness. And if you if you have the card in front of you or you're able to look at the nine of pentacles, 
you have a very well-dressed woman. She looks like a woman of privilege and who lives a life of abundance. She has this estate in front of her that's very verdant and abundant. But there's nobody there. You know, it's actually quite empty. And there's this sense of loneliness and solitude that you can really read into the card that most people I know at least read into the card. So there's this sense of being a loner, a pioneer, doing something that nobody else is doing. And I, I, I definitely see that in what you guys are spearheading here. I don't think, I mean, I've been interviewed by a lot of people. I don't think I've seen anyone doing exactly what SyncBook is, is doing, you know? Wonderful. So okay. there's a sense of really kind of being alone at what it is that you're doing, very much being, you know, being a solo pioneer. So. Okay. Very interesting that that is really the great work. I also see the fire pile as representing the great work, that's capital G and capital W, that you're pursuing, right? Mm -hmm. And so it is about doing something as a pioneer, and that's very interesting. In reverse, well, I would be more critical. I would say that maybe you're not doing everything that you can be doing. You know, I see that as um, unmanifested, untapped energy. It's ill-dignified. So it's showing a potential. That's why the card comes up. But then it's in reverse, which shows that you haven't fully embodied this. This is where you're striving toward, but you haven't reached there. So I think in the coming year, there's going to be a lot more advancement coming out of um, your work and what Will is doing. And together, the synthesis is going to create something that's even more ahead than where you guys are at now. And just remember that a lot of times it's going to feel quite lonely. It is um, a, a rewarding work, but it's going to be work that feels like you're kind of, you know, on an island doing this. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, in terms of the emotional pile, well, that's interesting to read for, uh, you know, a publication where you have, because usually when I read for a person, now we would be talking about love, romance, and relationships, right? And family matters, and that's how we'd read into it. Here at the emotional plane, I wonder if that's really more pertinent to how you guys relate to people and have uh, the relation that you have with, for example, your your listeners and your members and things like that. And I think it's fantastic. You have the six of wands upright. Okay. And so this is all about victory. You have a horse who's addressed in the ceremonial garb. Um, I see it as a war horse, but right now is not actually in battle. But a war horse who is now currently being honored. He, um, you know, the horse has these beautiful um, costume drapery around it. And then you have... A person wearing victory wreaths on his head, um, riding the horse. And then you have people around him who are celebrating the, the rider of the horse. And I see what you and Will are doing as representing the rider on the horse, holding the victory wreath while others cheer on. There's a very strong, great connection between your viewers, your listeners, your members. There's going to be even greater rapport, even greater uh, synchronicity. I know I use that word a lot, actually, in my own readings. And so it's really great. I see that as uh, more interaction, you know, and having success in that in that sense. And now we have the air pile. Do you want to move on to the air pile or shall we still talk about the six of wands? Nope. Okay. So now we have the air pile. We have the five of cups. The five of cups is in reverse, though. Mm -hmm. So I wonder why it's in reverse. I, I see that as um, perhaps... Again, because I'm reading it with the Nine of Pentacles earlier, and I'm reading it more, again, specifically for uh, you, you three. And again, I say three because I'm sure. also... Okay. Yeah. Um, the Five of Cups, I wonder if it's in reverse because it's representing the relationship that you, you are, that you have with this specific energy in the universe. So you have the Five of Cups, you know, aura that's going on, but there's a sense of tackling it and, and, and um, being head-to-head -head in confrontation with that energy, and that's why it's in reverse. There's that ill-dignified energy. It's a sense of fire and water colliding, and what's interesting is you're the king, you know, you're the king of wands. That's fire energy, and the five of cups represents water. So you have this really, in a sense, metaphysical, literal fire-water opposition, and metaphysically that fire-water opposition does represent a form of confrontation. And so what your work will embody is to confront this Five of Cups energy and tackle it head-on. And I think it's in the collective pile because it is you guys taking on that role of um, addressing that that specific pulse in the in the collective in the uh, society around you and making it making it uh, more more prominent more visible to others so that they can confront that energy in themselves 
That's why I see it as being in reverse, because of the fire-water opposition. Then we have the final pile, which is the earth pile. The top card is the nine of wands. Whenever the nine of wands comes up, so what it is, this card, you have a man, and he's holding a wand. He's holding a staff. And behind him is a wall made up of staffs. Okay, and that's how you have the nine staffs. But if you look carefully, um, this the, the wall is supposed to protect. It's supposed to keep out in a way. He's he's standing in front of the wall to to not let others in behind. And in the back, you have what seems to be for in the car that I have, like a home. You know his vulnerability. It's blue. There's this sense of um, you know the the emotions and the 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 inner realm. But if you look carefully, the nine staves that create the wall are not very well built. It's not like they're closely, you know, knitted or woven together. So actually it's a false wall. So even though we've built up this wall that we believe is keeping certain things in and certain things out, it doesn't actually serve that purpose. And there's still fluidity between the two sides anyway. We're the only ones who don't realize there's interchange between the two sides because we're the figure in the cart looking straight ahead. Okay, so in this pile, I see that as, you know, maybe greater interchange between uh, you guys and other, maybe other publications, maybe other groups, maybe other something out there. I don't even, I don't know if using the word competitor is right, but I don't mean competitor in a specifically commercial sense, but, you know, similarly positioned uh, platforms. I think that would be a better term. I wonder if there's some sort of exchange going on, you know, there, but... That's how I see that. So I like to ask you, do any of these cards resonate with you? How do you feel about, you know, what's going on in terms of Syncbook, you and Will, and what these cards might represent for the road ahead? Hmm. That's a lot to just, like, take <laughs> on. I mean, so it's, it's, it's interesting because after four years, the program and everything we do has so much momentum Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can really sense a big change that we're in a new terrain for sure that mm-hmm. that things feel more tenuous now, but there is security in this momentum that we have. Interesting. So I just noticed on the two sides, so the fire side, you know, the very first pile, we had the nine. And then on the last pile, the um, earth pile, which is where the signifier, the king of wands was in, is also a nine. So Uh you're flanked by nines. Now, numerologically, though, nine is about having reached the pinnacle of something. And now you're starting a new cycle. So that's that that is very similar to what you just said, where it uh, seems like you've done what you ne- you've needed to do in one particular stage or milestone of of this venture, and you're at the nine point. And so next year, the road ahead is going to represent one. It's going to be starting over, starting a new um, venture or a new perspective. Wow. And then so, by doing your reverse cards, then I'm thinking in terms of, there's a six 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 in front yeah. of us. Yes, exactly. Because if you if you look at exactly, you have the nine from the um, nine of wands that's in reverse. So you, that's the six. The six of wands, which is the six, and then you have the nine of pentacles, which is the six. And now I'm seeing the six six six. Right. But it is, it's, you know, <laughs> we had we talked about our devil card, so I guess it's it's okay. A shadow year. I'm definitely sensing this idea of shadow this year. Yeah, that's true. And but the devil card to me represents, um, you know, what it, it's facing the Mara. It's it's what you need to do in order to take on the third septenary of the major arcana, which represents, um, well, in in one sense, represents your relationship to God. But if you don't want to use the word God, it's your understanding of the higher self. It's becoming one with the world around you. Okay. That's very interesting. So then what I do next is I'll go into the pile that the signifier card is in. I see that as being more important because the cards are showing that that's the pile to look at more closely. So that's the pile I always read and hope that it's what the querent will take more away from. Right. But and if they have more specific questions, so for example, if it's reading, if I'm reading for a person, and after talking about their finances or their resources, their material plane, 
um, or, or their business venture, if they still want to talk about love, then I'll look into the water pile. But here also, so this is also another sense. I don't know whether or not you're a nonprofit or a business, but here when we're reading, it's definitely about business. It's about a venture, commerce of some sort, um, maybe understanding the business side a little bit better. Okay. Okay. So that seems like that's going to be a place to focus on um, a little more intently in the coming year. Okay. And that's interesting because it does relate to 666 that you were saying earlier, the devil card. That is about the material plane. Again, that's earth, right? You have this sense of, you know, making sense of the, untangling the, 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 um, the, the, the material side. Okay. So this is going to be hard to show, but what I do is I use a form of traditional card counting. Every single card in the deck is associated with a specific number. Okay. okay. So, for example, the King of Wands is the four. And where this comes from is from the Golden Dawn instruction on how to do um, parts of the opening of the key pro uh, process. And it's from the um, first operation. What I do is I take that concept of card counting and I apply it here. Okay. And so the King of Wands is a four. In my deck, he's facing counterclockwise. So that means I'm going to be um, pulling the cards counterclockwise. And interestingly enough, I always find that this resonates too. When the signifier faces right or clockwise, it shows somebody who's taking how I, I don't want to use the word right hand path and left hand path because everyone has different definitions for what that means. But when it faces right, I see that as somebody who's taking the more mainstream path, who is going to um, take the path that's already been paved ahead of them. When you take the counterclockwise or the left path. It's going to be counterculture. It's going to be um, being a pioneer, taking the path that has not been forged yet. So you become the one who's forging the path ahead. Okay? Okay. So it represents somebody or represents um, a signifier that's part of the counterculture who's going to be more alternative, going against the grain, going against the mainstream, and also going to go look in more into the occult. You know, in the right right hand side you are looking more into the more into the canonical the left side's more into the occult the metaphysical so then i began the count card counting process and what i did was i took the pile that was the the um earth pile and now i take the cards and i start counting them so it's one two three four the fourth card is what i pull out and so it's actually the nine of wands and what's interesting is how that works is so what it was was at when we first did the operation where i cut the cards and cut the cards into four piles the nine of wands was at the top right and i start searching through it to find your signifier card so now i've created two piles one pile has the nine of wands at the top and the other one has the king of wands according to these traditional instruction what i do is i take the first pile put it behind the pile with the king of wands so now the king of wands is at the top that's how i begin the card counting process and immediately the nine of wands which was on top earlier is showing up again that was the fourth card that I counted. That does not usually happen, by the way. That's actually very unique. You know, you don't usually have the topmost card appear again in the actual reading. Okay. So because because it is a nine of wands, that means I count nine. So I count nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The ninth card is the hanged man. That would be key 12. Uh, yeah. What does this say? Oh, it's reverse. That's why it's key 12 and it's in reverse. I was like, IIX? What the heck is IIX? <laughs> <laughs> I got so confused. <laughs> All right. So um, because uh, the hanged man, um, in the, now, this, now we're looking into Kabbalistic attributions. This was, again, attributed by the Golden Dawn um, from the Sefer, I think it was the Sefer Yetzirah. It's one of the Kabbalistic texts. Um, just based on, you can look into it, but basically because of that, um, the key 12 is associated with the number, we use number three. So that's going to be number three, one, two, three. Oh, then we have the seven of cups and that's upright. And then that's seven. So it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We have the eight of wands. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. The eighth card is, again, the hangman. So you continue the card counting process until you hit one of the cards that you've already um, selected, and that would be the hangman. So that's how I know to stop. So now I pick up the, first I pick up the signifier card and take all the cards that have been selected through this card counting process to put behind the signifier. The first was the nine of wands, that was in reverse. Then it's the eight of wands, which is upright. Then we have the hanged man. Then we have the Seven of Cups, okay? 
So now I'm going to set aside the other cards that were uncounted and just look at the ones that we had picked up. One second. All right, so it is, again, for those who are following along, the Nine of Wands in reverse, then the Eight of Wands upright, and then we have the Hanged Man in reverse, which is why I thought it said IIX and got confused. And then we have, that's key 12, sorry, the key 12. And then we have the seven of cups um, upright. And that becomes the last card in the uh, narrative that we're reading. Okay? Okay. So, well, interestingly enough, there's going to be a receipt of news. I read the eight of cups, I'm uh, sorry, not you know, the eight of, uh, the eight of wands in a very simplistic way whenever it comes up just through experience it represents um, something even as mundane as email but really it just represents communication receipt of news that's going to be positive receipt of news that's going to advance um, the the venture because we're talking again about the earth the material plane this was the last pile in the IHVH uh, setup so we're talking about news that's going to come to you that's related to the venture okay and it's gonna be good news and this is after the Nine of Wands. We'll read that in a second. And then we have the Hangman in reverse. So this is good news. The Hangman I see as um, perhaps um, some level of suspension in the past, but now it's in reverse and now you're going forward. Now there's two, two sides to this though. So one of the more uh, negative sides of reading the Hangman in reverse is the Martyr Complex. So some people say that when it's right side up, it's somebody who um, may have been castigated by society wrongfully. But in the eight of, but in the um, Hangman in reverse, it's the Martyr Complex. It's somebody who feels like they're castigated by society. I don't know if that's relevant here. I'm really drawn more to the fact that there's this huge halo around him, and because he's in reverse now, the halo is even more prominent. And so when I read, some people call it reading intuitively, but what it is is when you look at the spread in front of you for a specific individual in a specific situation, a lot of times you do need to let go of textbook meanings and you have to really read the connection with the imagery and see which symbol in the card speaks to you the most as a reader. There's a connection between your unconscious, which is where I believe the intuition resides, and um, the conscious side, which is where you're processing information. And that bridge, what, how information crosses back and forth between that bridge, a lot of times, is through archetypal imagery and through symbolism. That's why symbolism is so important. You learn the textbook meaning so that you can process information and process symbols. But during the reading, it's no longer about the consciousness. It's about the symbols. So here I really see the man in the halo. And so I think that symbol is going to be representing something very important here. Okay, then we have the Seven of Cups and the Seven of Cups. Well, that shows temptations. <clears throat> it shows a couple of really good prospects, lots of interesting offers. But if something sounds too good to be true, it always is, right? So the Seven of Cups is that idea of things sounding too good to be true, having offers from, um, you know, offers of fame, fortune, glory. And that can, you know, represent, that can, that can be interpreted in slightly different ways. But it shows needing to stray away from that. And that actually ties in with the devil card, the devil imagery, where you have to sort of um, walk away from temptation, walk away from things that otherwise would bind you or, uh, or, or imprison you to a sense of ego. So the Seven of Cups does sort of um, continue that. And it is the last card here. Okay? Okay. So overall, what would I say? Um... Definitely new stuff is up ahead. And that's why I get that from the Eight of Wands. So it seems like um, receipt of new information, um, just having new things come in, new offers, new opportunities is going to be what um, propel the three of you in a new direction. So it's going to be about um, receipt of information that's going to bring you in a new direction. And that's why you had the two nines showing the end of one cycle and the beginning of a new cycle. The hanged man, again, because it's in reverse, I am now looking more at the man with the halo. And the halo has, again, that sense of rejuvenation. You know, somebody who, uh, who, who is the tower card, actually, where you, you, you've already lived one life. And this life has um, gained you certain knowledge and certain experience. And then you begin a new life. The new life is now emboldened with that knowledge and information. That knowledge and information that you begin the new journey with, the new milestone with, in a way, symbolizes that halo. 
And so it's beginning a new cycle with a halo, you know, basically with new knowledge, new experiences. But just be careful that there are, you know, tempting offers, perhaps attracting the attention of, you know, particular uh people in charge, people, I mean, people in authority, people who are more powerful, who might be interested in taking you in a different direction. And just to remember what your core is and to stay truer to that and not be tempted by offers that are too good to be true. Okay. Well, that was 42 minutes. Thank you for sharing it with us. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry that it took so long. That was wonderful. That was wonderful. Um, You've been listening to Benavel Wen on SyncBook Radio, a production of thesyncbook.com. Information about the work of Wen can be found on her website, benavelwen.com. For more information about the SyncBook, our guests, to check out past shows, or to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, please be sure and visit the website at 42minutes.com. If you like this podcast and would like more, consider becoming a member. Some of the membership benefits include full access to the complete audio archive, discounts on books, behind-the-scenes scripts, bonus audio and video, as well as monthly online hangouts with the host. All of this and more can be found at thesyncbook.com slash membership. Thanks so much, and why don't we just chat for a little bit more and process what just happened here. <laughs> so sorry I went over my time limit. No, but I didn't even think. I didn't. I mean, so when you do a reading, is it about an hour that you spend with your querent? So... This is um, well. Here's the thing. I I don't really look at time. So I there's I, when I talk to people who are professional tarot readers, I take a I put on a business hat, you know, and I'll talk about how you need to watch your time. You need to be able to just like just like a therapist, right? If you ever right. you need to set your time. But I I I'm a terrible and I don't do it that way because for me that's this isn't my business. My business is law. I'm a lawyer, you know. And then what I do when I do readings. Um, it goes for an hour, an hour and a half, <laughs> you know, however long it takes. So. Mhm. Well, it was fun, for sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, and so it's interesting because I would say that sometimes, you know, we have these different we have these different um, embodiments. Mhm. But then, on some level, a lot of my different embodiments connect at the same time so my my emotional life and my working life and my social life somehow are in sync sometimes I definitely see that I mean you know it it goes with that concept of you know you know the psychosomatic idea how sometimes things are going on in the mind manifest as particular physical medical symptoms and so it's interesting because I definitely feel like right now I, I am definitely material centered. Like uh, my whole working life is really um, not not sync book, but my my working job, money, work kind of uh-huh. stuff has uh-huh. really blossomed and is something that I'm really putting a lot of energy into. And so it just it's interesting that it would end up in that quadrant. Interesting, yeah. So when so um, my my personal beliefs, you know, I'm 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 informed by by I guess you can say religion in in a sense, but how I view the world, you know, ontologically, you know, a lot of times what we do during a reading is pick up on the energy that's around us, and so it does. So because you're the one who's here, you know, I I may inadvertently pick up on what's going on in your personal life. And then it sure. Enters. Yeah. And it enters the reading. So. Well, let's just end by talking about you a little bit. So, um, I know you're working on. Are you working on a book about food? Oh, I know. Everyone's been making uh, that that mistake. I think it's my own mispronunciation. It's foo, um, fu, <laughs> fu, foo talisman. It's a form of Taoist magical craft. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it goes back to the Zhou Dynasty. So this goes back to about um, 1200 BC. That's when the first um, records of of these sorts of uh, practices first came up, and how it, and and so I go, I get very much into the historical aspect of how um, craft from an Eastern esoteric and Taoist tradition has evolved from the shamanic practices of the Sha, Shang, and Zhou dynasties. These are the first three dynasties of the Chinese civilization to now. Okay, and so how how's it coming along? 
it's done. I've already, it's, it's um, North Atlantic Books is now working on the, you know, whatever publishers do to, to make it into a pretty book. And it's going to be out in September of 2016. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have you back. We'll have to read it. All right. Thank you so much, Doug. Thank you. Scattered and divided